0: Tonight on Huckabee, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, film actor and producer Tank Jones, David McGee's mind-blowing magic, songs of the season with the Music City Connection. That's Trey Corley of the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith and
1: Welcome, everybody. Hey, what do you think of these Christmas decorations? Is it not just beautiful? Wow. Our staff has done an amazing job making this place just look so festive. It's a wonderful place to work when you get to come out and see this magnificent Christmas display. And I hope you and your family are getting ready for the best Christmas ever. I really do. Well, let me just cut down to something that is uh, probably on the minds of at least a few Americans. You know, there is great speculation as to whether the Republican majority in the House in this new term will wimp out like during the Paul Ryan and John Boehner era, or will they go in with the full understanding that the Democrats have changed the rules of engagement for the political battlefield? They really have. As the late British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher famously said to President George Herbert Walker Bush, Don't go all wobbly on me now, George. She really said that. I would say to the Republicans headed for a majority, albeit slim, don't go all wobbly on me now, Congress. Because for the past four years, the Democrats have ruthlessly used and abused their majority status to twice outrageously impeach a sitting president, create phony politically charged committees as a political battering ram on the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot, ignore serious abuses of power by the Department of Justice and the FBI, whitewash national security and corruption issues regarding the Biden family, and knowingly issue false accusations of everything up to and including treason charges against Donald Trump and many people associated with him. The Democrats under Nancy Pelosi have used their majority position to squelch any serious questions of oversight, have destroyed any semblance of balance and fairness in the investigations conducted, and spent millions upon millions of your taxpayer dollars to conduct nothing less than a vicious, unfounded witch hunt against Donald Trump, his family, his staff, And even his voters, you know, the enemies of democracy. Well, there are already calls, even from some maybe well-meaning Republicans to enter the majority by just making nice with the very Democrats who label Trump voters as the enemies of democracy. Folks, that's the equivalent of playing football by getting the ball from the other team on downs. And then instead of running the ball toward the goal line, just simply take a knee and let the clock run. Please, for heaven's sakes, no. (laughs) Look, I often say that politics is not for the weak of heart. And it's not for those who can't stand to see their own blood. It is a full contact sport. It is played without pads. And thanks to the Democrats, the old rules of courtesy are no longer valid, if they ever were. By their methods, they have established that the party in power is to use any and all means to win. I want to be very clear, I am not advocating that Republicans play dirty, cheat, or lie. Not at all. But I am most certainly suggesting, no, demanding, in fact, that we don't forfeit our turn at bat and just stay on defense. We need to come out of the dugout with bats in our hands, go to the batter's box and swing for the fences. Hey. No wimping out. No taking a knee. No surrender to those who abused their power, lied about us, accused us of treason, and alleged that we are destroying the country and that we're the enemies of democracy. When we set up at the line of scrimmage, we don't need to do anything other than wait for the snap of the ball and then charge forward with all our strength. No time to go wobbly or to go woke. Voters did not put Republicans in the majority did not put Republicans in the majority just so they would enjoy some invitations to some nice wine and cheese parties in Georgetown. And so they could hang out with the swells and the elites. So I say to my Republican friends, if you aren't going to go big and fight for working class people, then for gosh sake, just go home. Just go home. Cause truth is, We can't afford high energy prices, 8% inflation, an open border with human trafficking, lethal lethal and illegal drugs, and criminals who get set free after committing violent crimes. People demand answers and accountability, and they deserve better than our taxpayer-funded public servants acting like frat boys. Anything less than that, and the Republicans don't deserve to be in the majority. It's time to lead. Time to lead. And it's time to fight for the fundamental principles of constitutional law, equal justice, and accountability. You bet. Matt Gaetz is about to start his fourth term in Congress. He just cruised to reelection. He's got some fans out here. He does. Well, he just cruised to re-election in Florida's first district, where he served since 2017. Now, as Republicans are set to take control of Congress in just a few weeks, investigations are at the top of the agenda. But Matt Gates says Congress needs to be held just as accountable as the Biden White House. We're gonna find out just what he means by that. Please welcome to our show in Nashville for the very first time, Congressman Matt Gates. So I got to ask, did you bring the fan club with you? And uh, are these folks that just have seen you on TV and they already like you?
2: I just assume that it's the holiday spirit. We've come through a time of Thanksgiving. We're headed to Christmas. And the only thing that makes this Florida man a little nervous is when I see these snowflakes falling in the background, because in my state, when it snows, we call out the National Guard and shut down the schools. Yes. So the fact that other humans can live through that is very impressive to me.
1: Well, the only snowflakes we're going to try to shoot down tonight are the <laughs> ones in Washington who are scared of their own shadow. And there are a bunch of them. I'm going to jump into a, a big topic, and, and it's one that, quite frankly, I'm not sure you and I see completely eye to eye on. i want to get your perspective. You have said, along with a a small handful of other Republicans going into Congress, that you don't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker. And, uh, you know, I'm just curious. Why not? And what will you accomplish if you oppose
2: him? Um, I mean, is there any chance that somebody else would be elected speaker? I think about 98% of the people who support Kevin McCarthy for speaker live inside the beltway of Washington, D.C., because as I travel the country and talk to our dedicated patriots, folks would be far more excited about the candidacy of Jim Jordan from Ohio. Yeah. Jim's or, been on the show. Love him to death. Or any, any number of other fighters. Yeah. And, and here's my critique of McCarthy. Decision points really expose how someone thinks about the fight that we are in. And Kevin McCarthy has failed the test of leadership time and again. I remember at the beginning of this Congress when I said it was untenable for Liz Cheney to be the conference chair. Kevin McCarthy stood up and backed Liz Cheney and only came to the conclusion I was at many months later. I remember after January 6th when we needed to expose the lies and false narrative of the media and the left. Kevin McCarthy was circulating a censure motion against Donald Trump and saying on a sniveling phone call that Trump ought to resign. And then I remember when I verbally criticized Liz Cheney, Kevin McCarthy said that I was gaslighting violence. Even the last time we were in the majority, Kevin McCarthy was the majority leader. And when Jim Jordan and Ron DeSantis and Mark Meadows and I wanted subpoena power to expose the corrupt activities of the deep state, Kevin McCarthy sat silent as Paul Ryan blocked every subpoena request that we submitted. Paul Ryan has backed Kevin McCarthy, a lot of the establishment figures that I think took our party in the wrong direction seem to be enthusiastic about his speakership. But I'll tell you this, we have the votes to block him. And I think we ought to get to the business of picking someone that represents the conservative center of our caucus. Someone who will diffuse power from the speakership, empower the members, and get us to the fighting force that our country deserves. But Matt, even, even Jim Jordan
1: and Marjorie Taylor Greene, both of whom have been on our show, and we loved having them, both of them are supporting uh, Kevin McCarthy, who I like, I, I, I've known him a long time. I like Kevin McCarthy and, and maybe he's not as stout as let's say a Jim Jordan would be uh, in some ways. Um, I guess I'm asking if you block him, then what happens? Do well, the Democrats end up with enough votes that they can put a speaker in place? That, making-
2: that is a false narrative. The Democrats have 212 votes. they got to have it t- 218. It takes 218, and there are not six Republicans. I don't think there's a single Republican who has even expressed any willingness to vote for a Democrat. So I think that is a threat that is constructed— by a lot of the folks in the swamp of Washington that want a speaker beholden to the lobbyists. You know what argument people make for Kevin McCarthy? He is the LeBron James of special (laughs) interest fundraising. No one extracts more money from the lobbyists and special interests than Kevin McCarthy. But I think that ought to be disqualifying, not qualifying, I frankly think that federal lobbyists shouldn't even be able to donate to members of Congress. Like, how is it the people who are paid to influence our vote then get to give us money, and then you act like that doesn't influence how members of Congress think about things? Now, you do realize
1: that if Kevin ends up being speaker after all, you'll be on the committee to monitor the quality of Girl Scout cookies for the rest of your term in Congress. So there may be a price to be paid.
2: Well, look, you know, apostolate ain't easy. Sometimes you got to get in the fight. And I see how our people feel let down by the folks who just play the game the same way. I'm tired of watching Washington just serve as a geography where both sides are fighting over who gets to be the valet for the special interests. And you know what? This, This slim majority was disappointing to many But it may give us an opportunity that even a large majority wouldn't have presented to actually upset the apple cart, to drain the swamp, and to not trust the biggest alligators there to do it.
1: You know, there's no doubt that virtually everything you've said about the lobbyist power is absolutely true. Obviously, my monologue, that's what I'm talking about. And as well, the frustration of seeing Republicans when they get in power, and yet then they just want to be kind and sweet Look, I'd love to be the kindest person in politics, but that's when you get hurt. Uh, that's when you go to the line of scrimmage and the guy across from you is coming at you with full speed. And if you say, I just want to be very kind and I don't, want to, I don't want to even hit you, you're going to get run over. And that's what's happened to us time and again.
2: I know the gospel tells us to turn the other cheek, but if it's all the same to you, I'm more an Old Testament Republican and an eye for an eye sounds pretty good to me. Uh, there's,
1: there is some value in that. Politics is like, I, I tell people, because they say, well, how as a Christian can you engage you know, in, in the said The same way that an NFL football player engages, he may be the nicest person and sing wonderfully in the church choir on Sunday, but Sunday afternoon, when he lines up at the line of scrimmage, if he doesn't hit hard, he won't last more than 30 minutes in his entire NFL career. So, no, I, I totally get that. I want you to hang around. We've got a lot more to talk about, including what we can hope to see out of the Republicans and will there be accountability, because a lot of us are hoping there will be. A lot more to talk about with Congressman Matt Gates. We're going to take a quick break. Do not go away. We're going to be right back with more.
0: Well, still ahead, hilarious news stories on In Case You Missed It and the mind-bending illusions of David McGee. Keep watching Huckabee. And sign up for his free newsletter and follow at on Twitter.
1: And welcome back, everybody. We've been talking with Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who's fired up and ready for the Republican Party to make the most of the new majority in the House. Congressman, thanks for staying with us, although you really didn't have a choice. We were going to keep you here for the second segment, one way or the other. Uh, You went through some pretty tough personal battles. You were targeted. Um, I mean, so many rumors and crazy stuff, and then it all of a sudden, it just sort of fizzled out. It just went away. I mean, it's gotta be frustrating to have your name smeared time and again in newspapers and on television, And then suddenly, oh, there's nothing here to see. Let's just move on. But this is happening to too many people who challenge the status quo. Is that what was
2: up with going on with you? Well, for folks that pay attention, you see a certain pattern recognition where there is an entire industry built to try to smear and lie about conservatives. We saw it with President Trump. We saw it with my friend, Jim Jordan. We saw it with Justice Kavanaugh. And I endured some of the same without evidence, without anyone accusing me of misconduct. The media was willing to try and convict me. And two things really I I kept in my heart. One is that God does not give us anything that we cannot handle. Mm. I firmly believe that. And the second is that you can't ever let the process be the punishment. Mm. You know, I think about how tough that was for me, but it's nothing like the tough things that folks in my district are going through, when you can't afford to pay for your medicine and your fuel, when you can't plan for a brighter and more prosperous future because of the impacts of inflation, when mom or dad are deployed to some never-ending foreign war without purpose or focus. And so I tried to really center myself on the notion that we all go through trials. Uh, It certainly is good to be through all of that and focused on the great work we have ahead. But you know what now, Governor? I think that maybe the hunter is going to become the hunted because now the FBI (laughs) has to show up and answer our questions. The folks at the DOJ who are using political bias as a substitute for following the facts and the law uh, won't just have to answer my questions for five minutes. Like when we were in the minority, they'll have to answer my questions hour after hour, and I can't wait.
1: And I can't either because one of the things I've admired most about you is that you're absolutely unafraid and you want to hold people accountable and you are one of the, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, one of the most articulate members in Congress from either party. And when you go after somebody... I've always said I'd hate to be in a courtroom with you on the other side of my legal predicament. (laughs) I just don't want to do that.
2: But investigations can have an impact, Governor. And in divided government, I don't think we should fool people into believing that there's some magical bill that we're going to pass that Chuck Schumer's going to sign on to and that Joe Biden's going to allow to become law. Not going to happen. But these investigations can change the weaponization of this government. Remember the Ministry of Truth? They were really going to do that. Yes, they were. They were going to use the government to be the arbiter of truth or falsity to change what people see and how they act and what they believe. And when we exposed it, they had to back down. Anita Jankowitz doesn't work for our government. Matter of fact, she's now a registered foreign agent. That's what they really think of you and what they think of our country. And so if we expose what's going on on the border, if we expose how political the FBI and Department of Justice have we, have become, if we expose how compromised the Biden family is, we can connect the pain that people are feeling right now to the bad decisions. And I think that's got a better chance to force change than to try to go hold hands in the warm spring rain with Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And one of the things that I hope Republicans don't do And I said
1: this tonight in the monologue, I don't want them to wimp out. And here's the thing, this is not about revenge for what they did to Republicans, what they did to Donald Trump, not that. It is about accountability. If people have done things that are in violation of the law and more specifically violation of the constitutional principle of separation of powers and of justice that is equal for all, then there has to be accountability for that because if there isn't, we've lost our country. Uh, Without a doubt.
2: Well, take take just, for example, this information from Hunter Biden's laptop. And you look at the way that big government, big media, and big tech all circled the wagons to really perpetrate a fraud on the American people. And now we have whistleblowers that are coming forward to say that when they brought credible evidence of violations of law, they were just told by higher-ups that all had to be classified as Russian disinformation.
1: You represent the district in Congress that has more military members, both active and retired, than any one of the 435 districts in the entire country. Mm -hmm. First District of Florida is a military district. What is it that these military heroes of ours, the active duty and the retired, thank God for every one of them, what is it that they tell you that they just want most from their own government?
2: You know, it used to be a, a new air tower or a longer runway, maybe a new weapon system, but right now, our patriots, the people that wear the uniform, the, the top of the top, the best of the best, they feel like they are being persecuted through this woke agenda where they're trying to tell people they're naturally oppressors or oppressed because of their race. And like, why is it that it's easier to get drag queen story hour on a military base than a Bible, than, than, the, than the teachings that our country is founded on? And, and so- For the first time in my public service, and I have represented these people one way or another since 2010, this new issue matrix around trying to divide us, trying to otherize our fellow Americans, it's really impacting the morale of the fighting force, and it is impacting recruiting. I mean, when you start telling people that they come from a bad place or a bad state or a bad town, you really limit our ability to attract the best patriots.
1: And we want them to be the best they can possibly be. Matt Gates, great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you,
2: Governor. We are
1: looking forward to seeing Matt Gates in some of these hearings coming up. I certainly am. And for our audience, you can check out the congressman all over TV when these investigations heat up. But if you'd like to follow him on social media as well and check out his podcast called Firebrand, we have all the links for you. Just go to Huckabee.tv. You can get it right there. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to connect us with what we have coming up next in the show.
0: We'll get ready to laugh at the news with In Case You Missed It and later the amazing magic of David McGee. It's all still ahead on Huckabee.
1: Nothing like the spiritual quality of Christmas than listening to Run Rudolph Run. I mean, it is right. just, just, bring, you know what, awesome. though, you know what I do love? What's that? The best music on any television show in America is right Cheer with Trey Corley and the I music believe
0: that. Connection. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And boy, wait till you hear the music on tonight's show, some Christmas oh. music. That will knock its the socks off. Huge. Huge. Huge <laughs> is what it's going to be. Well, from drug buddy owls to the Moby Dick of Goldfish, we've got the beastliest stories this week on In Case You Missed It. Oh, well, there is a convenience store chain in Japan that is testing a new product, Keith. You know what it is? No tasteless candy. Why would you want tasteless candy? Well, I wouldn't want it, but somebody in Japan must. And here's the thing. Usually the only tasteless thing at a convenience store is the magazines. Yeah. Right. But they claim that these hard candies have no flavor at all and they taste like emptiness. What is the point? Well, they, they say if you're hungry enough, uh, you know, maybe you've had enough emptiness through all this, but the real reason they say is that most people eat hard candies just to keep their mouths wet, not because they like sweets and some of them don't like sweets. Somebody's gotten some bad research is what i think. I I think you're right. (laughs) I think this is a very bad poll. (laughs) From our Huck's criminal mastermind file, police in Payson, Arizona, they arrested a man for DUI, meth possession, and illegal possession of wildlife after they caught him driving while under the influence with an owl, that's right, an owl, sitting in the passenger seat. Uh Uh-huh. He claimed he bought the owl for $100 from some stranger at a gas station who had found the owl injured on the roadside. Uh Okay? You following me with this so far? Okay. Buying an owl is illegal. (laughs) But he didn't give a hoot, not at all. (laughs) And the owl's just sitting there going, the cop wow. probably rolled his window down and said, who did this? Who? who? <laughs> I guess he figured that 100 bucks for an owl was cheaper than a tank of gas. I don't know. I would know. think so, yeah. Anyway, police said his eyes were bulging and his head was spinning 360 degrees. Now, the owl, on the other hand, seemed relatively <laughs> unperturbed. <Wow. laughs> but the owl needed rehab, too. Uh, so the owl was taken in by a rescue group named Liberty Wildlife. So that's good. a good ending yeah, to his good. story. However, this you'll find interesting, the police released a statement warning the public, and I quote, this is the police statement, quote, not to use methamphetamines, or you too may find yourself illegally purchasing a wild owl for $100 in the middle of the night from strangers at a local gas station. (laughs) Have you ever bought an owl at a gas station in the uh, middle of the night? Maybe a parakeet or two. A <laughs> parakeet? <Okay. laughs> well, you must have not have been very inebriated if no. that's all you got was a parakeet. Well, I would add to the list of dopey things you might do while doped for getting your laptop full of incriminating evidence at a computer repair shop. That you, might. You be. would
0: think. Yeah.
1: Wow. That was pretty good. All right. Next, a TSA agent at JFK Airport spotted some orange fur sticking out of a checked bag and saw this startling image on the x-ray screen. That right there. Wow. You see that?
0: What is that?
1: Well, the passenger claimed he had no idea how a cat got into his suitcase. Oh. That is a cat at the top of that suitcase. In fact, he said it wasn't even his cat. Well, of course. Yeah, likely story. (laughs) But as it turned out, it really was a friend's cat named Smells that had crawled into his bag to take a nap. A TSA spokesman assured concerned cat lovers that they let the cat out of the bag. Oh,
0: I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, a Fort Lauderdale Airport TSA agent saw another bizarre sight while X-raying a suitcase. It was a gun hidden inside a raw chicken. Okay. Weird, isn't it? That is strange. Yeah, well, this must be what they mean when they say raw chicken can kill you. (laughs) (laughs) You wonder, did that smuggler really think that x-rays go through suitcases, but no way would it penetrate a chicken? (laughs) Well, well, it's the gizzard. Don't you know about chicken gizzards? (laughs) I'll I'll let you know if the TSA finds a suitcase containing a gun hidden inside a chicken that was swallowed by a cat. There you go. Start a whole new trend there. Here's the most favored word that we have in this segment. Finally, (laughs) the photo of the week. Everything is fancier in France, as British angler Andy Hackett can attest. He was fishing at Blue Water Lakes in Champagne, France, when he caught a 67.4-pound goldfish. Oh, my goodness. Now, when they warn you not to overfeed your goldfish, this is could... why, right here. you I not kidding. I think they it may be pregnant. I don't know. I... Anyway, this giant goldfish is known as the carrot, was put in the lake 15 years ago to give fishermen something interesting to try for, wow. but nobody caught it until it tipped the scales at nearly 70 pounds, which is kind of frightening when you think about it. In fact, it is so big and so scary and so orange that Democrats want to investigate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, they do. By the way, Hackett released the goldfish back into the lake and there was a reason he didn't take it home. You know why? Why? Because if it died, how would he ever flush that big goldfish down the <laughs> Well, floor? that's wow. something to think about. Yeah. I wonder what a goldfish tastes like. I'm sure you could ask him, you know, <laughs> and see if he'd maybe share a fillet of it with you. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough fish stories for now, but until next time, just remember that we read the news. So- <laughs> Well up next the star of the new movie Paul's
0: Promise, Tang Jones joins us right here on Huckabee.
1: Merry Christmas and welcome back to the show. My next guest is an award-winning actor and producer whose long list of credits include such hits as Breaking Bad and CSI Miami. His latest is an inspiring new film based on a true story. It's called Paul's Promise, and it's set in Arkansas in the 1960s. So you know I'm in. Please welcome Tank Jones. <laughs> Tank, I'm I'm personally excited about this film, Paul's Promise, because it's about Paul Holderfield. Yes. Fireman in North Little Rock, Arkansas, who faced racism in the 50s and 60s and went on then to create a church in which everybody was welcome. And he broke more barriers in the state of Arkansas than anyone I know and his legacy lives today.
3: And I'm sure you being former governor of Arkansas, you know a lot about his legacy. His legacy has actually touched millions of people all around the world. Um, and But quick side note, Mike, I don't okay. know if you know this. You are the third governor that I've actually had the pleasure of being able to sit down and talk to.
1: No kidding. Yes, sir. Are you going to tell me who the other two were? So, the
3: first one that I got to uh, to speak with was former Governor Bill Richardson of New Mexico. Yes. We talked about education. Yeah. Uh, I, for a year, was mentored by Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona. We spoke business and we spoke education. And now I get to sit with someone who is... The best basis, as far as I know, <laughs> as far as governors go.
1: Maybe the only one. That's, the, Maybe old, the, that's other. the only reason I would be the best one, because I'm the only one. You
3: are the only one, and you're also a Baptist minister. Yeah. Say much like Brother Paul, like you said. And for those of you that are inclined, PromiseMovie.com, which we're going to go into, because like you said, Paul's childhood friend uh, was a black kid from the other side of the tracks, yeah. if you will. And as he got older, he kind of forgot his roots, and he was a racist firefighter. His words and the words of his kids, not mine. And he actually had an encounter with his friend years later, and when he saw him, he acted as if he didn't see him. Mm -hmm. His friend came up to shake his hand, and he put his hands in his back pockets. Mm -hmm. But that bothered him so much, he went and spoke to his wife about it, and he had a praying mother. And there's lots of people, I believe, your audience especially, that understand that are faith-based yeah. uh, individuals. And the crux of this movie and what Paul leaves
1: us with is
3: prayer still works.
1: Yeah. And Yes, it does. And you know, Brother Paul, every year would do this big fish fry. Yes. He's created a church called Friendly Chapel Church in North Little Rock. It is still a blowing and going church and it's open to any and everybody. There's nobody ever turned away and everybody is loved and welcomed. And he has fed more people. uh, Passed away in 1998. His son has taken on the the role now that his father had. But even though he's been gone for 25 years, the legacy of feeding people, loving people, caring about people that everyone else had forgotten about. Yes, sir. Continues. Of every race, of every creed. You brought a little clip from the movie, I think. You yes, sir. Tell sirs. us about it.
3: Uh, so the clip we're about to watch is between my brother and I, uh, Jimmy Lipkin, who okay. was Paul's uh, friend growing up. And we're having a brotherly chat on Jimmy's porch right after Jimmy's house had been put out from a small fire that almost ended up burning it down.
1: Mm, let's watch.
3: How long are you going to be angry? Jimmy... How can you not be? I'm, I'm, I'm be angry till. I ain't gotta be, you know, till things change. I mean, you, you think I want to be angry? I ain't looking for no fight. And I ain't going back away from one no more either. I ain't violent with nobody. They ain't violent with me. Ain't that what Brother Malcolm said? And they killed him, didn't they? Is that what you want, Tate? You're trying to be a hero, and I'm trying to keep this family safe. Ain't no time for no heroes. And I ain't trying to be no
1: hero, Jimmy. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just so thrilled this story has been put to film. That scene,
3: Governor, was not in the original script. Really? Yes. We actually went to the producers because I thought the film needed a brotherly moment. Yeah. And uh, to their credit— Heather and Ryan O'Quinn and Ryan Plays' brother, Paul Holderfield, uh, they accepted what I had to say. It's like my brother and I, we are fighting each other the whole film, but there's no camaraderie. And I think in this film, you need to be able to see that brothers can fight, but they still love each other, too. Yeah. And again, it goes back, brother, he was he, big brother praying for little brother. Mom praying for her kid, her wayward kid. And if you have a wayward kid out there, you're (laughs) a prodigal child. I'm telling you, prayer, again, it still works. If you go PaulsPromiseMovie.com, there are resources on the site. And the movie is actually, Mike, going back in the theaters.
1: That is something, it never happens. It's been in the theaters. It was going to be released for streaming. But the response to it has been so positive. Yes, When's it going back into the theaters? It is going back into
3: theaters in January. And I'm asking you all to do something for me. If you go to paulspromisemovie.com, there's a demand button on there. You can hit demand and you can actually request it in your city.
1: And the great story is if somebody put this as fiction, people would say, yeah, that that couldn't happen. Right. This is a true true story. I firsthand know that this story really happened. And that's why it's so powerful. Tank, thank you for being here. Thank you for having so me. So glad to have you. And if you want to find out how you can see the movie Paul's Promise and keep up with all of the projects that Tank Jones is involved in, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we've got links for you. Right now, Keith Bilbury has a link, a link to what's next on the show. Well, magician
0: David McGee
1: performs next. And
0: later, the Trey Quarley and Music City Connection will get us all into the Christmas spirit on Huckabee. Christmas shopping with a visit to the shop at Huckabee.tv and starting December 7th get 30% off premium American-made merchandise. You better hurry.
1: This next performer has amazed audiences around the world for over 25 years. He's entertained our troops with the USO, and today, he performs exclusively in residency for the Palace Resorts in Cancun, Mexico. Please join me as we welcome the astounding David McGee. David, welcome. Thank you, sir. Great having you here. Thank you, Governor. It is an
4: absolute uh, privilege to be here tonight. Um, you know, I grew up, you had a guest on your show a while back, uh, the amazing Creskin. Yes. I grew up not very far from him Shreveport, Louisiana. Hmm. And he was the first person that I ever saw as a Mind reader. Yeah. But even as a young child, when I watched it, I I remember when it was finished, I thought, well, that had to all be set up. They set it up. So I decided tonight that I was going to actually do two things, two things this evening. First of all, I'm going to demonstrate how you would appear to read a person's mind. Okay. Okay? Now, I want to be very honest and upright and full disclosure. You and I spoke before the show, and I came up to you, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I said, I want you to think of someone famous. Yes, you did. I said they can be male or female. Yes. I said they can be dead or alive. Yep. They could be an actor, a singer, a comedian, sports figure, presidential, um, uh, world leader, historian. Yeah. Correct? Right. I said, I don't write their name down, but I want you to think of their name. Yeah. And visualize them. Um, and I want you to do that right now for me, if you will. Okay. Visualize the person. Look directly at me, if you will, for just a moment. All right. I'm going to go with this. Now, I have to tell you, a lot of people, you being from ministry at a point in your life, most people would have thought that you might have thought of someone like Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. but you didn't. No, I didn't. You went with something else that was another love in your life. Would you tell us for the first time, in a loud, audible voice so everyone can hear it, who was the person you were thinking of? Johnny Cash. That is exactly who I got. Now. <laughs> now. Okay. The that's response.: crazy. No, no. The response is He merited. has stood on this stage. Well, That's right. And the response yeah. is merited. But here's what I say. I don't believe that anyone can read your mind. But think about this: What if someone could plant a thought in your mind and then retrieve it? It looks like they really read your mind, yeah. correct? So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and have okay. a seat for just a moment. All have right, a seat right there. All right. I'm going to put this uh, right on your on your lap. Your, your legs together, okay. if you will. Your arms by your hands by your side. Okay. And I'm going to record a little something here uh, that I don't want you to see. Uh, and I'm going to put it right here. Okay. Um, tilt your legs up a little bit. so that There we go. Perfect. Okay. Just like that so it doesn't rub off at all. All right. I've asked Keith to pick four people from the audience that I have not ever met. Mm. Haven't met these people. Keith, where are you? Have you okay. done it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have a I'm, person stand I'm up, ready. Keith. You, sir. All right. Samaritan stand Department. up. Stand up. Okay. Sir, would you please... Look directly at me. I'm not going to ask you your name, or where you're from. I don't want to connect with you. This has got to be perfectly organic. We've never met, obviously, so I won't have to repeat that again to anyone else. I want you to open your mind and think of a single-digit number, a single-digit number between zero and nine. When I clap my hands, I want you to say the number into the microphone. Immediately, your mind starts thinking of numbers, just the first one that really pops into your mind. Open your mind, clear your thoughts. Look directly at me right there. Three... The number three—that's our first number. Thank you. Have a seat. A second person, please, Keith.
0: Okay, I—I I, I hate to do this, but I, it's just—it's just—it's just too clear a shot. Okay, uh, ma'am, would you stand up?
4: Okay. You recognize her? Yes, I do. <laughs> and we have not met or set anything up. True. Correct? Okay. Absolutely. Look, how look happy. She looks—that she has never met me. All right.
3: You were so good
0: mate. me. <laughs> Did you hear that? I am so dead meat. Did you hear <laughs> that? Did you read
4: that? Think of a number between zero and nine. Look directly at me. Concentrate on the number. When you hear me clap, you'll say it into the microphone right there. Eight. Eight. Thank you very much. Another person quickly, please. Okay,
0: okay. let's see if I can find somebody that's not a spouse of somebody. <laughs> <either>. All right. <laughs> that's on the show. Yeah. Yes, Van?
4: Would you stand up? <laughs> Concentrate on the number, please. Look directly at me. Concentrate from zero to Nine. 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 Have a seat. One more person. Okay,
0: one more person. I've been sitting down there just thinking about this guy right here. I like his hat, so let's give it a whirl.
4: Okay. Sir, look at me. Open your mind, clear your thoughts right there. Seven. Seven. Thank you very much. Four people that I've never met. Can someone remember what the numbers were? What were they? Three, eight. Three, eight, nine, and seven. Seven. Three, eight, nine, and seven. This is the most and the closest thing you'll ever see to real mind reading. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give them all oh, a big round of applause, applause if
1: you will. Ah. Doesn't get any better than that, Governor. That is just Doesn't amazing. Doesn't get any better than that. Wow. There you go. Well, if you want to see more of the captivating David McGee, and I bet you do... Visit Huckabee.tv. We will make the connection for you. Right now, Keith, who is still trying to figure this out, as I am, he's over there and he's probably, I bet he knows what I'm thinking right now. Keith, what am I thinking? Well,
0: you are thinking, uh, well, not really, but I can tell you what's next. We're about to celebrate Christmas with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and some very special guests coming up next on Huckabee. and the iconic John Schneider.
1: Well, tonight's musical guests truly need no introduction, but we're going to give them one anyway. And the reason they don't need one is because they've already been introduced. You see them every week. You know them as the best band on television, And they'll agree with me, we need a lot of Christmas right now. Would you please give a big hand to the Grammy-winning Trey Corley and the Music City Connection? Thank you very much, Governor. Thank you so much. I think that's pretty cool to win a Grammy, you know? It's pretty crazy, yes. It's a big deal. Actually, you've won two of them. Yes, sir. Which is even better than winning one. It's weird. Tell us about this song and uh, the great music that the Music City Connection is doing for Christmas. Well, Governor, I love Christmas music. You know that. I mean, we have so much fun at Christmas. And
4: so we had an idea of doing something a little different. And when you find teachers, especially choral directors, my daughter had joined the the, uh, middle school at Uh. T.W. Hunter Middle School, one of the coolest schools ever in the history of the planet. (laughs) That's right. And my, my daughter came home and was excited about music and wanting to sing. Mm. So I thank the choral director of T.W. Hunter, Miss Katie Baker, is amazing. She's an amazing lady. Outstanding. And so we took a song and asked her if we thought we could make it happen. Next thing you know, we had some rehearsals and we came up with something really cool for you tonight.
1: Well, I think we all are excited about it. By the way, Go to Huckabee.tv, find out the band's great single called A Silent Night, featuring Three Oaks Worship. But right now, getting us into all the Christmas spirit with a medley built on the Charlie Brown classic, Christmas Time is here, and featuring the T.W. Hunter choir directed by Katie Baker. Here is Trey Corley and the Music City Connection.